This is The Takeaway. I'm John Hockenberry. We're going to leave you this hour with two voices who have been helping us to understand what's going on in this community, a community completely transformed by the events of certainly the last week and especially the last 12 to 18 hours. Philip Martin, WGBH senior investigative reporter right here in the GBH studios. Philip, thanks so much. John, thank you. It's been an extraordinary week, to say the least. Uh, You you spoke with a teacher. You spoke with a, a Chechen expert. Uh, I spoke with a young woman today who knew uh, both brothers, and she, uh, she, the younger one she described as shy, the other one she described as a little bit more assertive. Her name is Lily Jane Stavis, a student, a former student at Cambridge Ridgen in uh, Ridgen Latin. Here's what she said: I definitely had some sense of of fear towards this person, just in, in the way he um, he was really intense. And I remember him, I don't remember specifically, I remember him referring um, or talking about women in a, in a rather aggressive manner, um, even though he, had, he has a wife and he had just had a baby girl. Um, but he drove me home and there wasn't that much conversation in the car ride. I had him drop me off, not at my house, but the street before my house, just because I didn't know him that well and that was the smartest thing to do, I feel like. Cautious words from Lily James Stavis there, who went to school with Tamerlane. Speaking of Tamerlane, who we spoke with uh, our reporter from WNYC, Anna Sale, about, who has uh, a daughter, a girlfriend. Uh, this sense of uh, him being very, very aggressive, uh, confirmed by that tape that you got there, uh, Philip Martin. Let me remind people that also with us is Edgar B. Herwick III, reporter for WGBH Radio, who's on the scene in the neighborhood where the uh, Sarnayev uh, brothers lived. Edgar, what can you tell us? I can tell you that uh, we are now as close uh, as we have been at any point today to the actual house. Uh, Earlier today, uh, adjacent streets were blocked off uh, to Norfolk Street, which is the residential street in a relatively uh, quiet and what is always described by every neighbor I've talked to here as a safe neighborhood here in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Uh, The the street which they lived on, a residential street, uh, which is adjacent to it, a street with shops and bars and restaurants. Uh, I'm right now now looking down the street uh, at uh, still police activity, though not nearly as intense as it was earlier today. Uh, police and uh, and bomb unit folks still in and around the house where the brothers lived. Um, it's quieted down somewhat here as the, as we can now approach the street. The street itself still blocked off. Uh, a lot of neighbors still displaced. Uh, they around eight to nine o'clock this morning. A lot of neighbors told us uh, police and other officials knocking on their doors, uh, telling them they needed to evacuate the area. Uh, there was some high tension here earlier. Uh, There were controlled explosions, which were done by police at some point through the day, uh, which they certainly alerted the crowd here that were coming. Uh, It's quieting down somewhat. It's gone from what was a much more hectic environment here earlier in the day to now a quieter, tired neighborhood, but one that is still very much on edge and very much grappling, John, with what has happened here. And I want uh, both of you to step back for a moment. That's uh, Edgar B. Herwick III, reporter for WGBH Radio, and Philip Martin, a senior investigative reporter for WGBH Radio. We started the week speaking with you, Edgar, uh, about the marathon and your experience of being uh, very near to the bombings. Uh, Philip, you immediately started covering that story. To both of you, uh, give us a sense, looking back at uh, this extraordinary week, Edgar. 
Well, I would say the fact that this has been less than a week uh, between what happened at the marathon and today seems almost impossible. Uh, this has obviously been uh, something that has shaken people here in Boston to their core. Uh, it's it's hard to get your brain around it. You know what the word is, John? The word is dissonance. It's the word that I keep coming back to, that I keep hearing, the, the dissonance between what the environment was like down there near the finish line, which was one of the most positive environments you can be in, one of the most celebratory environments you can be in on Marathon Monday here near the finish line, people who are completing a, a lifelong dream, being cheered on by complete strangers, people from all over the world, flags flying from all over the world, people completing this incredible journey to, to the sound of applause, and, and for this sort of act of violence to erupt in that environment, it's dissonant. It's hard to get your brain around. And right now, days later, as I stand right here on the street where these two suspects lived, to my right, I see a flag flying at half-staff over an auto body shop, which was put down to half-staff a few days ago because these guys wanted to show support for what was going on. And steps from there, steps from this flag flying at half-staff, at half-staff, is, is the house in this very safe, quiet neighborhood where these two very young men lived who it seems perpetrated this crime. You can't get your head around it. Dissonance, John, dissonance. Incredulity. And indeed, Charlie Sennett men mentioned this at the beginning of the hour. Patriots Day, one of the most joyful days in Boston. People say the best day to be in Boston from here on out. That will never be the same, Philip. But beyond the symbolism, I think one thing we have to look at is the investigation itself this week. This was extraordinarily fast. The FBI put together a task force consisting of, of various agencies, uh, both federal, state, and local. They indicated uh, uh, that they would get to the bottom of this uh, as soon as they could. They enlisted the help of the public. They put the photos out there, a video and a photograph, just yesterday. And we're now at a situation that is indeed tragic, but it may be close to resolution. It's a lot faster than, uh, than many had expected. And, and this, this is a community that needed closure, and it needs closure. And, there's, and people are still on pins and needles. But the, but the investigation has proceeded faster than many had anticipated. Well, not only that, but aside from the blip about the arrest a couple of days ago, there has not been the Richard Jewell... Uh, radically distorted, sort of incorrect moment exactly. uh, in this investigation. Things have proceeded in an in an orderly way with uh, extraordinary cooperation of the community and uh, and cooperation. It should be said, and Edgar, you're one of them out there uh, of of the media in trying to keep this orderly, to keep uh, panic and uh, emotions to uh, a minimum and. Certainly, that will be a part of the legacy going forward here, Philip. Well, no doubt there was some misinformation, but I think you're right. They were very careful not to repeat the lessons of the past, the Richard Jewell case where a man was wrongly uh, accused. And but and beyond that, there there also has been an effort not to turn this into a uh, turn in, in individuals into walking stereotypes, not to malign entire communities, as we've seen in the past, uh, particularly at the uh, conclusion of 9-11. Well, to both of you, Philip Martin and Edgar B. Herwick III, thanks so much. Thanks a lot, John. We know that uh, both of you will be on this story all weekend. We're going to leave you now with some of the extraordinary voices of our listeners in support uh, of the people of Boston. Dear Boston, I'm calling to thank you. Boston, you have not been afraid. You have been brave. You have been the opposite of afraid. And the nation has seen this. And we have looked to you, and you have 
lifted yourself up and therefore lifted us up as well. Our phone lines at 877-8MY-TAKE are open to your thoughts about the people of Boston, the community of Boston, and we've been getting all kinds of responses from around the country. This is Kim from Rock Hill, South Carolina. Dear Boston, from the beginnings of our nation, we have had sacrifices and losses. None of them have weakened our resolve to overcome. Neither will this. This nation stands with you then, now, and in the future. Stand strong. We have your back. I'm John Hockenberry. Stay tuned to this public radio station for all the developments as the manhunt continues. Reporting today from the studios of WGBH, Boston Public Radio, we thank them for their support. Boston on lockdown. The manhunt continues. Thanks for listening. This is The Takeaway.